Hey guys, hope all is well. Today we will be doing podcast number 17 with coach Cody Reynolds. So why don't you give us some background about yourself? It's good to be on here. Uh, I grew up in Tonganoxie, Kansas, and uh, been here my whole life. And I always played basketball since I was a kid. And uh, I always loved it. And it was my passion. And um, I'm very humble, um, just in life in general. And I, uh, I found out that I wanted to start coaching when I was 11 years old, going into uh, sixth grade, because I realized that I wasn't as great as a player. And I just knew that, like, you know, I, I don't really want to play my whole life. I just want to coach um, because I want to change other people's lives and, uh, you know, help them be, be a better person off the court and on the court. So um, when I was 11, that's kind of when I had the, like, idea of coaching. Um, but after I graduated in high school, uh, I took a chance and um, signed a college scholarship to go play ball. And I decided to go take a high school uh, freshman boys basketball job and uh, started from there. And that was at Olathe Northwest. It's in uh, – Overland Park, Kansas area, but uh, it's all about taking chances. Yeah, I love like how you want to make players like better like on and off the court. Like it's more important that players get better than like the winning part of it. And like, what steps did you take to get to where you are today? Well, the main the main step is taking a chance and not knowing what's going to happen. So just trusting your gut and going with it and connecting and networking with everyone, like using your resources, like, you know, okay. When I was trying to find this high school job as a player, I, I already was connecting with other high school coaches and like, you know, talking to them and becoming, you know, I wouldn't say friends, but like just, having a name to the face. So after I graduated, I could actually like, you know, become friends with them and I just kind of networked. So people knowing you will help a lot. And that's, that helped me out a lot. And um, that actually helped me a little bit during um, COVID when I got the college basketball uh, job at Benedictine college, like COVID hit. And then uh, me and my boss at the high school, said hey you know might as well try to go get in the college level I said you know what you're right so I just started emailing people I actually emailed 350 college coaches um, and that's from NAIA, JUCO, D2, D1 and I only got two emails back and one of them was from uh, where I'm at now Benedictine College and we went from there but um, you know my boss at high school uh, he was a big part of that because he knew who I was and, you know, we had a connection. So he helped me get that job as well. So it's all about who you know and who's willing to help you at, in the end of it. What were those experiences like connecting with people, like connecting with all the coaches, like those 300 people who you sent emails to? What was that like? Uh, at first, it kind of, you know, it was it was nerve wracking because you don't realize like who's going to answer or who's not going to answer. And um, it was, you know, you have no idea like 
what's going to happen? And in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, well, I literally just declined a scholarship to go play ball at NAIA school. And I'm, but I'm doing what I love to do, but now it's just to how do I get in? And, you know, I, high school was pretty, uh, pretty easy. And with like, it went smooth for that, but I didn't realize like how smooth or, or how, how hard, how hard it was going to be for the college level. Um, but it's just, I just kind of just trusted uh, the process and just went from there and trusted all the people that I knew. And uh, still to this day, I'm still connecting with guys on LinkedIn and uh, other platforms. What were some things you learned at the high school level while coaching? I learned that you, you will never know everything. Um, Cause my first year is my first coaching gig. So, you know, I was, I, I, I'm a very confident person. And after a while I realized in the season, like, you know, I don't know everything. I don't, I don't have all the answers and um, it just learned and made me want to learn more about the game and just everything in general and just become a better coach on and off the court. And um, I actually had a learning experience on uh, Valentine's Day, 2020. We were playing our rival team at their place and uh, we were tied up in overtime and we had the ball. There's two minutes left. And I don't know if you know about like, you know, Kansas high school hoops or not, but we have, we don't have a shot clock like other, some States do. So I, uh, we didn't really have to try to score, but I told our players like, Hey, let's just go score. And we ended up actually getting a turnover, a travel call. And there was about a minute and 15 seconds left and they go down and they just waste the clock out, which I should have done. Um, and then they got a wide open layup with 10 seconds left and we lost, which the learning point was I should have just told them to, you know, still play, but, you know, kind of run out the clock a little bit, uh, especially if you don't have a shot clock and because that's exactly what they did um, against us once we turned over the ball and they won. So, and, you know, and, um, Usually they don't do this with like freshman basketball, but I actually filmed the games. I had someone film the games and everything. So we got to watch film after the game. And on that moment, I literally was like, Hey guys, like that's on me. You know, um, I literally told them to, you know, go score. And uh, I mean, it, you know, it could go both ways. You could say I did the right thing. And then I did not the right, do not the right thing, but the bottom line is we didn't have a shot clock and I should have just kind of told them to, you know, relax a little bit and uh, we might have won. So that's a big learning um, experience I've had in high school. What is your viewpoint on the shot clock? Like, do you think it should be uniform that all high school basketball, basketball games should have a shot clock or do you think they shouldn't like what would benefit the game more? I believe um, 100% that everyone should have a shot clock. Um, 
it might not be 30 um, in high school. You could put it up to 45 uh, because I know in college in D1 uh, back in like 1970 something, uh, they had a shot clock as 45 for like one season. Um, and it didn't, you know, obviously it didn't really work out that much, but I, I feel like we could do that with the high school level and just like give them, you know, an idea of like, okay, this is how the next level is a little bit, you know, you got to play fast. You can't just run the clock out. Um, and, you know, I think high school games would probably be a little bit better to watch um, if they had a shot clock because it would make the game faster and you couldn't just have someone have a possession for a solid like four to five minutes, which I see in some high school games sometimes they literally have the ball for four to five minutes and I'm like, okay, like you're just cutting and doing a four out one in the whole entire time. So with a shot clock, you couldn't do that. You would have to run a play or, you know, do some cuts and figure it out fast, which would challenge the kids. And I'm always about challenging the kids and the coaches. Um, so yes, I definitely believe 100% that it would benefit everyone, especially at the high school level, um, maybe the middle school level, but I mean, I don't really know about that one. Uh, it just depends. But at the high school level, definitely, it would uh, give them a idea of how, like, this is how it's going to be, you know. And I, I've always told our kids, like, hey, you know, we need to be prepared for the next game. So it's kind of saying, okay, if we put a shot clock in high school, you're preparing yourself for the next level even though like some of them won't go, some of them will, but you're still preparing yourself for it. Yeah, I definitely agree that there should be a shot clock for, for the high school level everywhere around the country. Like for my high school in New York state, we have the shot clock at 35 seconds. Like the middle school level, we have it. We don't have a shot clock at all, but the high school level, there should definitely be a shot clock for basketball all around the country. And like, what I want to ask you is like, how would have your game plan changed in that specific game if you did have a shot clock? I, uh, that's actually a good question. I probably would have ran a play. Um, one of our famous plays actually that always got us a bucket. And I would have just went from there. But I know that if there was a shot clock in that game, uh, you know, obviously I would say, hey, go run this play. And even if we still got that turnover or a missed shot, they couldn't just go down to the other side of the court and just sit there. They probably would have – they would have had to do something as well. And I would have – we would have got the ball back with at least 45 seconds left or 40. Um, so it could have – it really could have changed the game a lot. It could have went in our – favor or their favor but it would have allowed them to not just waste time they like actually would have to be like on the move and do something and they couldn't just sit there and uh, we wouldn't have to foul so I wouldn't tell them to foul what were some other things you learned at the high school life while coaching I learned that 
um, not, not everything is about the money. Uh, and, you know, going into this, I, I didn't realize that, but I learned that you have to have the passion for the game and the love for the game to, to truly coach because um, this is not the business for making a bunch of money. You actually got to love it. And that's one thing I learned, uh, especially in high school coaching. You know, I was uh, being a substitute teacher uh, just to, you know, keep some money in the bank. And um, but, you know, it, I could have just went to go work for like the union or something uh, or my parents because they own their own business uh, and make a lot more money. But, you know, I I would enjoy that. Um, I enjoy coaching basketball. So. I, uh, I took the sacrifice and sometimes that's what you got to do, you know, to make it in this business is you kind of just got to survive. And uh, I learned that you, you won't ever be fully prepared for a game or whatever there is in your, in your career. Cause there were some things in high school, like I thought we, we were prepared for it, like them as players and me as a coach, but we weren't fully prepared and you know it's kind of like a game you know like you never you never know what's going to happen but you can at least be you know prepared at least a little bit rather than not being like at all um so you can never actually be prepared fully 100 percent Yeah, like also like going back to what we discussed earlier in this podcast about like connecting with people like we were discussing before we filmed this podcast about you attending the summer league this year. What was that like for you being there and connecting with people? It was awesome. I uh, loved it, but um, it was my first time ever going too. So it was really like nerve wracking because you don't you don't know what's going to happen and you like have no idea what the environment's like. And, um, but you know, from connecting over LinkedIn and stuff, uh, the past summer during COVID and everything, I, uh, I actually had like, you know, a couple connections that I were, I was going to meet during that first whole week. So I did, but, um, I can't admit though, the first day, uh, I kind of felt like I was going to puke because all of the, all of like the nerve wracking and, you know, I didn't know like it, what they were going to think about, you know, me being a NAIA college coach, um, you know, and, but it was amazing because, you know, no one, no one judges anyone there. And um, it's a very easy place to connect with people. And the connections I made through LinkedIn that I met, they introduced me to more people and then those people introduced me to more people. And it's just an amazing event to go to. And, you know, obviously, you know, there's games going on. So when you're not talking to someone and they're like busy, cause there's a lot of guys out there um, that are busy, you know, working on the games and stuff. You could go watch basketball too, while you're not connecting. So it's just a, it's just an amazing event that if anyone's interested in coaching in general, I would go to that, especially as a young coach. Yeah, like I would, I would definitely want to go to Vegas like for somebody in the future since like I know other people who've been there like 
and had a great time. So like I would want to experience it myself. Like also like what was the life for you like during the COVID-19 pandemic when like nothing was going on? It was uh it was tough. You know, I I didn't really want to just sit around and do nothing. So that's when I got like, okay, I thought to myself, okay, well, all these coaches at every level are at home right now doing something. So I started emailing them, trying to find any contact info I could get. And uh, that's kind of went back to the email 350 coaches and like to email me back. But, you know, I kind of, I want, I wanted to do something because I realized, you know, like I can try to, I can turn this negative situation into a positive and, you know, like, with everyone being at home, it's, you would think it's a little bit easier to connect with people. So on LinkedIn, it was definitely a lot easier to connect with those higher level coaches and in the D one level, the NBA G league, the NBA, um, D two, you know, NAIA. So it was, it was tough, but, um, I tried to make it into a positive situation, but it did, it was, uh, you know, not being in the gym the whole summer and uh, not being around anyone. It really was difficult uh, for, you know, mental health and physical health because uh, I didn't really work out that much during that time. So uh, it was definitely tough, but I turned it into a positive situation and got connections with it. Yeah, like now you're you're coaching at an NAIA school. So like, what's that like for you? Like, what's the past few months been like for you? It's awesome. Uh, you know, I I really the main job I do is like recruiting and just helping out with anything I do. Like, I work with the like skilled workout days um, for like the younger guys and the guys that you know don't get that many minutes. Um, we work them out a lot. So I'm part of that. And, you know, I, uh, I try to help with the scouting reports stuff as well and the video side of it. Uh, but I really just try to do anything that will help the, the coaching staff out the most because we are a team. And I'm a firm believer that if you're on a coaching staff, you should help your other assistant coaches and especially your head coach as much as possible um and, th and that's kind of one thing i like to talk about like you know some guys um just because their title is video coordinator they just think that they're only doing the video side and i encourage them don't just do that you know try to help out the assistant coach with anything that he needs to get done as well and you know even if you're assistant coach as well too, try to go help out the video guy get some video stuff done as well if he needs your help so, you know, it's, um, it's not just, it's just not being on an island. You, you should be on the island all together, not just one person. And um, I've learned a lot from it because, you know, uh, from high school to college, we, I learned the shot clock. So I learned the faster game and I've learned a lot more defense techniques and offense techniques and, um, you know, how to like, successfully you know get a play ran and um you know know it was actually successfully ran and uh you know have that energy as well like there's always energy in the in that 
in that gym. Um, in high school, there wasn't really that much, but you know, I've learned at the college level, it might not be the same for everyone, but the college level for me has been a lot, lot more energy and I'm an energy guy just in general. So wherever I am, I will always bring energy and uh, positive energy. And I'll always, you know, be clapping and, you know, encouraging the guys. Uh, but it's been an amazing experience and um, I'm, I'm ready for the future. It's, it's going to be bright. Yeah, a few things they mentioned. So the first thing you mentioned is the positive energy. That is so important. Like, especially as like for me as a student manager it's for the men's basketball team at Syracuse University, it is important for, like, for us managers to bring positive energy back clapping during practice. And, and like also another thing you, you mentioned was the offense and defense techniques. Like what were some of those techniques that you had to learn these past few months? With defense, more of like, you know, um, how to guard like certain like ball screens or like off ball screens or, you know, like double a double screen away um, or uh, called a this is this is actually something I learned lately, a slice cut and uh, and how to guard that as well. And on the offensive side, you know, how to properly, properly set a screen and actually have it be successful, you know, because uh, I sometimes I watch film, you know, and watch just games in general on TV. And like, you know, guys just go out there and they think it's a screen, but it's really not because, you know, if that defender's still with the offensive player after the screen, then it wasn't a successful screen. You actually got to go go to the defender and hit him and, uh, you know, not necessarily hit him, but, you know, hit him with the screen. And uh, with some other things, you know, just properly like ball handling and, um, you know, handling the pressure and how to do that with like the mindset and, uh, you know, footwork, uh, you know, like coming off a screen at the three point line or like, you know, mid range and, you know, going up for that shot and how that footwork should be, you know, how it should be. Um, so just kind of those little detail things. What are some things you emphasize when writing up a scouting report? You know, we more of like, it's a lot about what we should do. Um, like, okay, like if they, you know, if they take a lot of twos um, in their games, then, you know, it should be like, hey, we're going to take away the twos and try to just let them go shoot threes. And, you know, if they shoot threes, then we'll adjust. But um, you always got to at least take away something. That's either, you know, taking away the twos, taking away the threes, taking away transition buckets, you know, taking away uh, post buckets, um, just kind of those details and, you know, at least taking away something and then they have to go to something else. Yeah. And like, what, are, what are the things like, <clears throat> what are the things have you learned? Like while you've been at the NA, at, at the NAIA level this season? 
I've learned that there's there's a lot um, with scouting reports and there's a lot with film and you know uh, you, you you just never know who's who's gonna walk into your gym or you're gonna walk into their gym and they're just gonna be on fire and hit like 10 threes you, you just you you can't plan for that sometimes because you know like sometimes when I'm looking at the scouting reports guys are like one for like five for like the whole year and uh, we've played six games and it's like okay you know like he probably won't shoot that many threes but then he walks into our gym and you know hits nine to ten threes and you're like okay at halftime we're gonna we're gonna adjust so uh I've learned that you kind of you kind of have to adjust on the fly sometimes um, because, and that kind of goes back to what I said earlier, you can't fully 100% be prepared because you, you can't predict the future. You can't predict what's going to happen, but you can at least be prepared. You can at least be prepared in the, like the past games that they've played and show our guys, like, this is what they've done but you truly don't ever know, like, are they going to do that or are they not going to do that? Because I've had a couple games that we've been in that it was completely different and they were doing completely different things that they – that on the scouting report they were not, you know, that we said they were doing. But So we just had to adjust to it and, you know, go from there. How have your exhibitions and games been going so far this season? We've been uh, pretty good so far. We uh, we we started out four and four and zero, and then this past weekend, we actually got our first loss in a classic. Because um, you know it, those classics are tough because you know you play on Friday and we won, and then the next day we play again without practice or anything. All we did, you know, because uh, we didn't have time to practice, so. Uh, all we did was watch film and, you know, do the scouting report, you know, guys are tired during that. Cause you know, that's less than 24 hours after your first game that you're going to play your second one. Um, and we got our first loss on that second game in the classic. And then uh, that, you know, that has become four and one. And then we played a game actually last night and uh, we beat them. So, you know, now we're five and one and, uh, we're going to keep grinding and trusting the process. And, you know, um, five, five and one in six games is pretty good, um, in my opinion. And uh, we just got to keep on, you know, grinding and uh, trusting everyone and, um, you know, go from there. Are you guys playing against any Division One scores this year? Uh, no, but we are playing against a D2 college, uh, actually right after Thanksgiving, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, Washburn university. They are actually only 45 up to an hour, um, away from us. So it's going to be a good challenge. Uh, they, they've been pretty successful in their conference and, um, we've been pretty successful in our conference. You know, like last year we went to the conference championship, uh, didn't, didn't end up winning, but, you know, still got there. And then we got to the national tournament and then lost in the second round. So, you know, both teams are pretty successful and it's going to be a, 
a good matchup for us. Um, it's going to be a big test, you know, because those D2 schools, a lot of them are very uh, great. And, you know, um, so it's going to be a good test, but that's, uh, that's the only team that is higher than the NAI level that we're playing this year. Yeah, wish, I wish you guys the best of luck in that game. Like, also wish you guys the best of luck this season. Like, and, like, it was great talking to you on this podcast. And, and thank you to those who will be watching it later. And have a great day.